שלום אביבאדי, we are in פרשת כי תצא למלחמה. We shooting a few videos here from the city of New York. And hopefully everybody is well in the West Coast, and everybody is wonderful in the East Coast of the United States, this beautiful country. And hopefully everybody is well, wherever you speak this language and understand it, and listening to my lecture. I hope you're spreading the wisdom around so uh, people can get more wisdom of the Torah. Amen. So the portion is called Kitzel HaMelchama. As you go to a war on your enemy, and of course the enemy is not just physical enemy, we talk about the enemy that we are fighting the whole year, and as we prepare for Rosh Hashanah, uh, the enemy is our evil inclination. Now what is that evil inclination is? What is the idea of Yetzirah? The Yetzirah evil inclination is there to help us basically to overcome it. So every time you have a need for yourself, selfish need for to think about the me and myself, that's the Yetzirah. I hear a lot of people observing the Torah and observing the religion and observing the mitzvot. A lot of them look at the Yetzirah like, oh, the Yetzirah did this to me, the Yetzirah did this to me, the evil inclination did this to me. You cannot speak like that about the evil inclination because it was created by God. And the purpose was created for God, by God is for us to overcome it. And by us overcome it, to feel like that sense of victory. You cannot have a sense of victory if you not overcome something. Otherwise it will be, what's the reason of creating it? And if you look at the Talmud, the Talmud is teaching us that bara yetzera, bara Torah tavlin lo. Hashem created Yetzirah, created evil inclination. He, he created also the Torah, the Torah, the Tavlin, the spice for, for that, to, to eliminate the Yetzirah. Otherwise, you cannot have, you cannot have Itgabrut, um, you cannot have overcoming things, or Itpatrut, or developing your soul into the next level. So that's how the parasha starts, Kitzitzel HaMelchama, and uh, of course, the Ari go through that. It's not what I want to give in my lecture today. And he's talking about, did you find a woman that you like and you take her home? Of course, this is not a woman. This is your soul, how to treat your soul, how to, how to develop your soul. And again, I'm not doing it this year because I did it last year about Dari. You should look at my lecture from years before. And there is a lot of wonderful lecture on vital transformation. If you enjoyed, please share it with your friend. We appreciate it. So the whole idea, it seemed, uh, fighting with that force of negativity that holds us back not to grow into the next level. And if you look at the end of the parasha, I'm jumping to the end, and uh, the reason I'm jumping to the end because uh, uh, in the end, there is a very important uh, section, you know, that start talking about the real war and what is the, uh, the real war. The real war is truly fighting for the inner enemy, okay, the inner enemy, and what could be that, that force of uh, the, the inner enemy, what do you think will be? You know, if you think about it, what is the, the real enemy uh, of a human being? It's in the Maftir, you should remember what Amalek did to you, as you leave Egypt. What, what did he do? So if you look, he make you cool, instead of make you excited. So try to imagine that a person is a slave for 
so many years, 210 or 400 years. Uh, and when we look at that struggles of the Israelite in Egypt as a slave, and the day that they get out of Egypt and splitting of the Red Sea, so many miracles, the 10 plagues, so many things, it's very difficult to have gratitude when things are going right. When things are going good and bad, bad and good, you develop some gratitude because you see some good, you see some bad, you appreciate that the good is not disappear. Yeah, you're doing it from fear or from respect or from awe or from love, but still you have respect. So Amalek is a force that preventing us to be excited about the good thing that we have. That's the Amalek. So by not being excited about the good thing that I have and not fighting that doubt in my mind, eventually I'm developing something called uncertainty. And by developing uncertainty, I become miserable. How do I know that? Because in Masechet Megillah, in the section of Megillah in the Talmud, they say, "En simcha ela There's nothing that makes you more happy till you remove all your doubts. So from here we learn, Amalek, no coincidentally, not by coincidence, it's a, a gematria, the moral value of uh, doubts, safek. So you remove the doubts, of course, you will have simcha. You will have simcha. So that's chashuv b'od. You know, and that's why it's in Masechet Megillah, which has to do with Purim. Because in Purim, we look like all Bnei Israel are about to be eliminated by Amen. And in the end, the end of the story is great. So, kama simcha. How much simcha it was when whatever we doubt that might go wrong, all of a sudden turn and become such a great miracle. So how does that relate to us on the day-to-day life? I mean, how do we, how do we take that concept of we all have war you know there is a war against your fear against your insecurity against something the Torah want to teach you in the end of this parasha that the real war you have is against one enemy is your evil inclination inside and the evil inclination inside always will make you doubt yourself doubt God and doubt people around you now it's good from time to time to have doubts it's developing some revolution you know or evolution if you want you know, when you have doubts, you don't believe, so then you go and check, and then and you go ahead and investigate, and then you come to your own truth. The doubt itself is not the problem. How long are you struggling with that doubt? That's a problem. Some people doubting their wife, if they are the soulmate or not, or husband, or friends, or rabbi, they keep doubting. How long are they going to doubt? Once you decide that's a Moreshelcha, this is your teacher, that's your rabbi, enough, don't doubt it anymore, go with it. That's your wife, go for it, go for it. That's your husband, go for it. You know? But if every time Amalek is entering, then you have Kitetzel Amelchama. Then you have a war. That's the war. The war against Yetzerara. The Yetzerara wants you to think that the now moment might be randomly mistake. And when you start thinking like that, that it might be a mistake right now, you're going to come into the illusion, you're going to come into the illusion that maybe you are empty. And when you start thinking that you are empty, you're going to look for fulfillment. But not because it's there. You're going to look for fulfillment because you truly believe that you are empty. And if you truly believe that you are empty, what kind of fulfillment are you going to find? Only fulfillment for that emptiness. So the emptiness itself is drawing a fulfillment. Now, if an emptiness itself drawing a fulfillment, that's not an ashpa'a. That's not coming from above. That's not coming from the divine. If you are looking for ashpa'a to come from divine, 
you got to have shivui tzua, you have to have an affinity, you have to feel, oh, how great is my life, how healthy I am, how wonderful my family is, how wonderful my neighborhood, how wonderful, how wonderful my neighbor, the Torah I studied, so wonderful. Now I want more, that's okay. But if I see what I don't have, like Amalek, like Yetzirah, and all this and that, that create chaos, that create this affinity, no shivui tzua, and then disconnect from my creator. So the question is, we need some tools how to go ahead and basically win that Yetzirah because that's the war week. That's the week that we are fighting. That's the week that we have to overcome the Yetzirah. So I brought some different books, different ideas. And you, as usually, I like to give you something from Sfat Emet, you know, Sfat Emet, you know, buried in Warsaw, Poland. And I'm starting from the beginning. Kitet Selem El Chama, Veshavit and God give you to your enemy. What is the point of going to war and capture a woman? Why, why is the Torah talk to us about capture a woman? I mean, if we go by Rabbi Isaac Luria, we talk about the soul, you know? And if we talk about the soul, meaning it's our soul, we have to clean the soul, we have to, we have to overcome negativity that there is from within. Now, it's a very important to relate to it while I'm speaking to you. If you not relate to it from, from a point of uh, uh, understanding that what is that you need to change, what is the war that you are dealing with, then it will be very difficult. It will be very difficult for a person eventually to understand this week lecture because if you look at it more like intellectual understanding, then you will not be able you know, you will not be able to relate the Torah that we study into your life. And the Mishnah already say, you know, in Perkei Avot, that the main part of the Torah is the Maaseh. You know, His wisdom is more than his action. His wisdom is not come to in existence. You need action. So you have to think, you have to think in action. What is that your Yetzirah look like? What is it? Is it jealousy, is it anger, is it addiction, what is, what is it made from and what are you going to work on? And if you're not going to work on anything, then uh, this Elul is just another month. But if you prepare yourself for Rosh Hashanah and you say, you know what, I'm taking with myself things, and I'm going to God with that, with what? What is that you want to change? Do you want to add more pray? Do you want to add more mitzvot? Do you want to add more study of Torah? You can add something. Or eliminate one of the things that it's not no longer uh, working for you. Stop doing it. Stop cursing. Stop getting angry. Got to stop things or add more positive things. So when you do that, then things slowly, slowly, hopefully start to change. If we don't do that, then it's a problem. You know, when I used to work in a rehab place, you know, I thought I knew everything about people uh, at that time, that was 15 years ago. And I was teaching Torah, as usually I do, but I, did, I was not familiar so much with the 12-step program or addiction. And when I started working there and writing, I, I wrote, not a program, it's called Spiritual Friday. It's a program together with other six people. It was a beautiful community of people who were suffering from addiction. I didn't know what it was addiction then. I thought addiction is every time you enjoy. And then I find out, no, addiction is when you cannot control what you want and you actually don't even enjoy it. You just do it. You drink wine because you have to drink. 
not because you enjoy the quality of the wine from France. You just have to drink any wine. So that's with the help of the psychiatrist by the name of Barbara from Boca Raton. So one of the things that I experienced, you know, with the Yetzirah, with the evil inclination of a human being, it's basically, what is that you gotta stop? And they, I remember they asked me, do you, do you need to stop the desire from within your mind, or you need to stop the action itself? Meaning, let's say you have addiction to food. You have to eat sweet every day. You gotta eat sweet. And you know for sure that you're eating way more fat and way more sugar than you actually need for your body. And you can stop it, it's some kind of addiction. Or if you have addiction to sex, or if you have addiction when you don't enjoy it. That's how you know it's an addiction. You just want it more and more and more. And the joy, the first joy that you have is coming from Shvirat Akilim. I'm not gonna go into details with that. So, what is the idea? What did I learn from the people who have addiction? Is the idea that they first have to stop the action, the act itself. If you don't stop the act itself, you cannot stop thinking about changing. The change has to be with an action. So what action are you taking on yourself? I'm talking to my friend in California. You know, we just moved to New York. He said, Leah, where are you for Rosh Hashanah? I need you. I said, actually, we moved to New York. We're doing Rosh Hashanah in New York. He said, but I'm in California. What are we going to do? Come on, Eliyahu, we have 10 people looking for you. I said, well, do you mind coming to New York? He said, no, you know me. I'm lazy. I'm never going to move more than 200 yards from you. I said, man, don't you think for Rosh Hashanah you got to buy a ticket, go on the airplane, get out of the laziness. They said, no. So then I told them, I said, I don't want to insult you, but why don't you try to change this year? And then it was quiet. So, well, um, I'm trying to change that business will come a little faster. I'm trying to change that my kids will listen to me a little bit quicker. I'm trying to change that me and my wife will get along a little bit faster, that the fight will not last that long. That's it. I said, look at you. You want everything to walk faster and to be faster, to be better and better and better, but you're not even willing to buy a ticket to fly to New York to be with me, to hear the shofar, to do the pray. Come on, man. I said, don't expect things. You want to look in the mirror and see another person that there, you didn't invest in your body. What do you want to see? A body that is in shape? <laughs> buy a picture. Don't buy a mirror. So that's what Fatah Ahmed is, is leading us to. So it's a... What does that mean that you capture a woman in that war? It means you capture nekudat chayut barach. You capture actually a, a, a spark, a light from Hashem barach that basically it's there. But that uh, uh, spot is basically nistar, is concealed. And you need war, and you need war. All the day of the week, until Shabbat. We know that Tzfat Emet was a big fan of the mitzvah of Shabbat. So if you work six days to work on yourself, on Shabbat you have the joy. That's why it says, as it says in the Torah, mitzvah da'oraita, six days you should work, and Shabbat is when you get the benefit. Why shesh yamim? We know, then Shabbat is malchut, is the manifesto. But the same thing with the war you're going to. Worry, why are you going to war with your Yetzirah? Because the Yetzirah stole from you a spark of light that belonged to you. Don't let them take it away from you. Every time you're about to get angry, somebody insults you, that's your chance. And we're going to study about it in a second from a different book, how, how to go about it. So for that reason, our job to go to the world to look for the spark that belongs to us. Now, how do we go about it? So I'm reading from 
uh, uh, book, Mesilat Yesharim. Remember, Ramchal, Ramchal, one of the tzaddikim who ever lived in our universe, I believe he was kind of Mashiach ben Yosef, you know, Mamash, or Mashiach ben David, Spark, Mashiach, you know, because he, he, he writes in his book exactly how to work on Yosef for Rosh Hashanah. And I'm reading, Bebi'ur Chelke Achasidut, from the Ramchal. Bebi'ur Chelke Achasidut, how to be a Chasid, how, how do I go about it to win my Yetzirah? He say, Mashe Beben Adam Lachavero, you have to practice between you and your friend. Vinyano Godel Atava, and to check how good you are and nice to, to your friend. She Adam Lola Metiv Labriot, you have to check that you are Metiv Labriot, that you do good thing for the for human beings, and don't cause them bad. And that's with your body, and this is with your money, and that's with your soul. In the body, try to help people as much as you can, physically, to make sure that they will not have a burden of money or issue like that. As it's in Mishnah and Perkeavot, Get the burden from your friend. If your friend is not feeling well, you can prevent him from have pain. Let's say your friend uh, just moved to a new house and he doesn't have a chair. Order a chair for him. Order a chair. What if your friend is a billionaire and he has fortune? You don't get the chair for him, you get a chair for you, because every time you do sharing, that's what it is, that's called the goof. That's what the goof. So everything goof funny. Send him an uh, apple, uh, give him some cash if he need. Okay, so this is Bamamon. Now that's what's goof. So Bamamon, to help him with money, to prevent him not to go to a hard time with money. And to make sure, that there is no, no money, no money that can bother him or damage that can bother him. Even if you immediately don't have a chance, you don't have a chance, because you can't go to work. He will come to you again bring the perkeavot, and you're doing it for the mitzvah. You don't do it because you're helping him. You're doing it for the mitzvah. Forgive me for a second. You're doing it for the mitzvah, not because you're saving him. It's more for you. So again, that's baguf. Now that's was for mamon. So goof is with the body, mamon is with the money. Nefesh, she studied to do with all the things that you have in the world. Nefesh has to do with the kavod, with the pride, how you respect your friend, how you let your friend feel good. Everything that you know that he can do with the world, he can do with it's chasidut to be kind to your friend and make sure it's important. Not to cause him any pain. And we call that mitzvah gemilut chasadim. You want to go to war near Yetzirah, do gemilut chasadim. Gemilut chasadim is to be kind. Look to make peace with people. And do it between people. How do we know that it's true? It's safe for Masechet Megillah, Megillah, Kavzain, Shalut al-Midav, Rabbi Zakai. They said to Rabbi Zakai, we read it on Shabbat. Why you, why you have long life? It's say, I never give a name, a bad name to my friend. 
And we're going to, I'm skipping here because we read it on Shabbat already. Okay? So it say, it say like this. Klalo shal adavar, arachmanut, savara is the thing from Ramchal. The main thing is to be merciful, ahatava, to be kind. Tzarich shetiet kua belevah chasid lolam. It's have to be in your heart, looking for it. Looking for it, where can I be kind? Where can I give money? Where can I help? All the time. Vetiye magamato tamid laasot korat ruach labriot. And he's chasing how she or he, us, chasing how to do good to the briot, to the people. And to prevent any pain that, that, uh, that might happen to them. Of course, the Hasidut is continue, but I have a section, long section from the Zohar, and that's why I'm just preparing you for the war on, on uh, Yetzirah. So before you do war on the Yetzirah, to work on the Hasidut. Now again, chasidut, or gmilut chasadim, meaning kindness, sharing, giving, generosity. So today, when you listen to that lecture, from now till Yom Kippur, look around. Who cannot afford it to Rosh Hashanah? Who cannot afford the food for Rosh Hashanah? Who cannot afford buying a new clothes for Rosh Hashanah? New socks, new shoes. Look around you. Look around you. Can you help somebody to make it for Rosh Hashanah? Can you bring somebody for Rosh Hashanah who cannot afford it? That's the gmilut chasadim. Without a person do gmilut chasadim and pay for something that has to do with Chagim, Rosh Hashanah, Shabbatot, Yom Kippurim, Sukkot, chase the mitzvah, chase the gmilut chasadim, then the Yetzirah, of course, the Amalek will find you because you are busy with you. If you're busy with you, asher karcha baderech, then Amalek will come and put some doubts in your mind and make you not excited about the mitzvot. That's how Amalek work, and we need to be careful. Gimilut chasadim has to be in our heart. As you get out of your house, you're chasing the mitzvah of gimilut chasadim. Where else can I give? Who else can I help? It has to be a chase. Shalom is not a, a, a peace. It's not something we're supposed to hope for. Rodef shalom, it says about Aaron Akoen. Chase the, the concept of shalom, of peace, of, of kindness. Chase it. Now, that's what you should be doing. Now, how to prevent yourself not to fall into Yetzirah and into that war? What is that you need to do? Akabdanut. I'm reading from Sharek Dusha, Chelek Bet Shar Dalet. Sharek Dusha, Chelek Bet Shar Dalet. Akabdanut. He talk about Kabdanut, especially in the mass of Elul. Dari said to read this section and to, to please listen to me. I'm not going to read everything, but I'm going to read a little part. Uh, so at least we will know what not to do from now till Yom Kippur. Kabdanut, meticulous. Kabdanut is a branch of the ego and anger. Ego and anger. And we know Rabbi Haim Vital is always give five type of uh, negativity. Ego and anger is one of them. It's two of them. It's in Masechet Rosh Hashanah, Amud Yod Zayn. Man, the captain, 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 you know how scary it is? Man, the captain, the captain, the captain, the captain, the captain, the captain, the one who's makpid, the one who's makpid, the one who's more meticulous on people, they're not going to forgive his sin. So you're coming to pray on Rosh Hashanah, and you say, why they put the, my chair here? Why they put the, the bima here? Why the Torah is not loud enough? Why? Makpid. Meticulous? And no chalim alavonatav. Not nimchal. There's a story. Very good story. 
from the time of the Baal Shem Tov. And uh, in the time of Baal Shem Tov, it was a maniac of Hasidim, Baal Shem Tov, they began with Mezrich, Rabbi Lemelech of Ligens. All the time, they asked the Rebbe after the praying, you know, I was Yom Kippur, I was Rosh Hashanah. So there is Rosh Hashanah, two people pray next to each other. And one of the people who pray have a little, this box with the, it's called tobacco, it's like a powder made from tobacco, it's called Shmek Tabak. It's, it's open it, you take a little bit of besamim. So this guy has this beautiful metal gold thing in his front pocket. And they pray in Amidah, they pray Amidah, Rosh Hashanah, this thing fell. And this guy, instead of continuing praying, is trying to reach. You know, it's far away in Amidah, you cannot move. Can I reach, bring it back to your pocket? So it's almost in Modim. He finally got it and put it back in his pocket. The gentleman next to him is angry because he cannot concentrate on Hashem. He cannot concentrate on the prayer. He cannot answer on Kabbalah. He cannot answer on spirituality. He's busy with the, 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 the box. So in the end of the Rosh Hashanah, the Rebbe said, you know, in, in the angels told me the prayer was wonderful. I call me Kabel. Everything is mitkabel. Everything is beautiful. And then he look at the guy, uh, that uh, not the guy that the, to- the tobacco fell, the other guy, the one who judge. And said, to him, "I need you to come to my office with me." And usually, when you invite to the Rebbe office, either you did something terrible, you did something right. The guy thought, "Wow, that's a great opportunity to snitch on that guy who bothered me to pray." And he said to him, "I said to him, listen, the prayer, your prayer of Rosh Hashanah." You're the only one in my group that Hashem told me that he doesn't accept your prayer. Did something happen? The guy said, doesn't accept my prayer. He should not accept the guy next to me. He's the one who doesn't know how to pray. His, his, his box of tobacco, shh, you know, fell on the floor and he's reaching. He doesn't even pray. He, I'm sure he's skipping in that section. He said, what did you do when that happened? So what did I do? I, I, I was looking at it, it makes noise. I, I couldn't concentrate on my prayer. It was, it was really difficult. So I said to him, were you makpid? Were you meticulous on him? He said, yes, I was. So he said to him, listen, Masechet Rosh Hashanah said, who's makpid? Whoever's makpid, whoever is meticulous, cannot be forgiven. Is it Rebbe? Is it Rebbe? Rebbe, but I was praying perfect. Shofar, I did every Kavanah, even I did a little bit Kavanah of the Ari, Zohar, everything. So I'm sorry, sir. So what are we going to do? I said, now do tshuva. And please, from this point on, don't be back, but don't be meticulous, not on your wife, not on your kids, nothing. Close your eyes. And if you're wearing glasses, take them off. Just, just don't look. Till Yom Kippur. Until Hashem will forgive you. Because when you mark me on people, that means you are better than them. Doesn't matter how bad they are, don't look at it right now. After Yom Kippur, we deal with it. How do we know that? Because it's saying Micha, Avon al Avon, al Pesha. It said that Hashem carried the sin of a person and he kind of warned the person to overcome his crime. So Hashem is looking for you to make it. In Masechet Shabbat, in the section of Shabbat, person has to ask for mercy from Hashem every day. It's good for the person who gets humiliated. It doesn't answer back. If you're capable to be insulted and not to be angry, 
that people are putting you in the end and they consider you and you're not so important. You feel like you are a rabbi, you are important, you are supposed to be famous, but it's not working. And you are ma'avir al-midot of meaning you kind of let go say, that's what Hashem wants, that's what I have to go through. I'm, I'm happy with that. It's say ma'avirim lal kropshav. Even if he did all the worst crime, it's considered like he didn't because he's accepting it. It's, it's, it's tremendous. So Eliyahu Anavi, Elisha the prophet say, Shlosha Kadosh Baruchu Oavam. You want to know who is the favor by God that he loved them the most? Mi Sheno Mitkaes, whoever is holding his anger inside. We all have an anger issue, but we're holding the anger inside. That's first. Mi Sheno Mishtaker, somebody who doesn't get drunk like crazy. And whoever is not meticulous on a certain thing. And I'm sorry, I've continued. It might be a long lecture, but it's an important lecture. V'sha'al Rabbi Akiva. Rabbi Akiva asked Rabbi Nehunia Gadol. Rabbi Nehunia ben Kanah, the one who read Anah Bekoach. He said to him, Masechet Megillah, Amut Kafchet, Why do you live such a long life? אמר לו מי אמאי לא קיבלתי מתנות ולא אמרתי למידותיי. זה אני לא רציף גיפט, ואני also didn't become meticulous about people to respect me. And the, the, this is a very important understand, understanding that we need to get to. Now, I would like to jump into something a little bit more deep. If you feel this lecture was enough for you, at this point you can say goodbye. If you want to continue a little bit more, the next section will be a little bit a change of direction. From Zohar Kitetze, but it's a little bit uh, need need time. It's a, it's a section that need uh, some time to understand it or to hear it two to three time minimum uh, to understand it because there is some sections that are missing in the Zohar and there is some verses that corresponding to different section. So it's not recommended to beginner to listen to it, but if you want to, you're more than welcome. I'm reading from Zohar Sulam. Verse While that happened, a, a big fish came. Big fish is Ravim Nuna Saba. Why they call him big fish? Because the word Imnuna, Nuna in Aramaic means fish. So it's a big fish. Where is he swimming that fish? Of course, in the ocean of Torah. He says, You are strong, you're powerful. Put your stuff within the rock. Tanya, Tanya. You know, usually when the Mishnah starts, say Tanya, Tanya. Tanya, Shema Tanaim. There is people called Tanaim, the people who wrote the Mishnah. They are the one who help you to raise the Shekhinah. The fish, which are the Tanaim. Their place is within the rock. Shia Malchut, which is the Malchut. Eitan, beifuch, haotiot, atanya. Eitan, basela kanecha, when it says strong would be your stuff in the rock, is the same word as tanya. Eitanim, beifuch, haotiot, itanaim. And eitanim, meaning strong or strength, meaning tanaim, same word. Ishamer, you should be careful from them. Why? Because your tongues are heavy. We know that Moshe was stuttering. If you want to attack, those fish within the rock, the people the Mishnah, the Tanaim, you have to be strong, and with a, with a sharp tongue, until that tongue can penetrate that 
they talking to Moses, so it's kind of uh, contradicting, as my son asked me here. And he said, how can that be that, uh, that uh, a section like this will be about Moshe Rabbeinu? And, and I skipped the section before. I recommend you should read it in Nun Chet. In Nun Chet, he's talking about Chagavim. I just didn't want to confuse the people because there is some grasshopper which are kosher. And I didn't want to confuse people. And my son told me a story that Rabbi Kanievsky studied that section and he studied the Kashrut or the Chagavim on grasshopper. And he didn't know exactly what to do with the Chagav. He needed more details. And a Chagav, it's some type of grasshopper, jump on his page where he's writing the book about Kashrut. And he looked at it. He said, wow, now I understand what the Torah meant. And the Chagav fly away. And one hour later, he said, you know what? I need more details on that. And the Chagav come back on his paper. He look at it, and he take note, the Chagav fly away. So to show you a tzaddik who truly want to study Torah, even the animals will come to, to teach him. The Chagavim themselves, the grasshopper. But I just want to share with you that story. We continue. continue. <laughs> Who is the one who went all the way to the bottom to find the end of time? You are Moses. You are the only one who went all the way down to get the true answer of what's going to be in the end. You know, now we compare him to the Tanaim. He said, all the Tanaim tried to go down, to the meaning of the Again, this type of word too, that's why I brought it in the end, but it's not going to be understood for, for everybody. Every Tana want to know what will be the end. But they went down to it, but they never come back. Even their tongue was strong, like we said before. It may be a, a, a sharp tongue, but it cannot break that cella, that rock, which is Malchut. So they can know the end. And whoever is doing it without permission to hit the rock, a snake will come and bite him. Of course, there is a meaning to it. There's not just what's written. There is some people who made it, but they cannot come back. While that, that nekev, what is hole within the rock is open, whatever that means, meaning malchut, uh, whoever falls there cannot come back. And the Messiah from the house of David, the Messiah of the house of Yosef, fell there. How do we know that? Because one Mashiach, we call him in Isaiah, poor and ride on donkey. The other one, Yosef Atzadik, we say, we say the donkey and the bull, right? That's what we say, again, Gizra Shava. They cannot go together. That's what we say when there is a holes that you didn't cover. And a bull will fall into it, or chamor. What does that mean if a bull falls into it, or donkey falls into it? Meaning, which type of Mashiach will fall into that pit? Guys, I hope you are with me. It's totally deep and beautiful. That's why the Mashiach called the one that fell. And fell with them. That's why it says she fell, and she cannot rise. 
ואתה ראיה מ"ע, you Moses, בעל הבור, you are the owner of that pit. What is it say about the rules in פרשת משפטים? If you are the owner of the pit, ישלם כסף, ישיב לבעלה, והבית יהיה לו, say you have to pay money, and then the debt of, the, of that animal will become yours. What is being the debt of the animal become yours? זהו משאיר בן יוסף שעתיד להיהרג. We know that uh, the Messiah from the house of Yosef is supposed to be killed by uh, a force called Aleph Resh Yud Mem Vam Lamed Samech. Okay, that's the force that's supposed to kill him. Every generation we have Mashiach ben Yosef. Every generation. Mashiach ben Yosef is a person who tried to make unity among all the teachers and unity among all the people who study Torah and make sure that it will be spread larger way. Uh, unfortunately, uh, Mashiach ben Yosef, the only way he can come to an existence is if, if he meets Mashiach ben David. Mashiach ben David is more Malchut people. They're supposed to manifest him. But if he's not going to meet the Mashiach ben David, he cannot be manifest itself. He needs the Mashiach ben David to support him and help him and make him big. Otherwise, Mashiach ben Yosef cannot do his job, you know? So it's saying that Mashiach ben David, Yosef is in a way belong to, to Moshe Rabbeinu. Again, those of you who feel like you're losing me in this section of the Zohar, you don't have to continue. Please leave and have your coffee. It's not a problem. This, that's why I put it in the end. The Zohar said the, the part here has been erased, unfortunately. So we're still in Samech Gimel. There is four exile. Four exile that, that happened. Okay? And the, the main idea that for exile is this all work that we're doing is to bring water of Torah out of that rock. Okay? Water out of that rock. Remind you something with Moses? Okay? So the, the way that we look at the Galut, uh, we're going back to Bereshit, to the book of Bereshit. First Galut, second Galut, third Galut, and Teom, of course, Teom Rabah, the dark on the valley. Uh, this is a Galut that we are uh, now in, the Teom, the Teom in... Uh, a hall uh, where, where we are now, the Galut Adom. This is the, the pit where the shore, where the bull is falling into, which is Yosef, which is Mashiach ben Yosef. Also, you know that Yosef, they also threw him into the pit. Uh, what is the pit? It's Nukva Ra'a, the Klippa, the negativity. What does that mean that the pit was emptied, meaning it was not Torah Because pit without water, well, with no water. Water is the water of Torah, okay? But there is snakes and there is scorpion. This is the exile of the fourth. The fourth exile, the lacking of Torah, the lacking of desire to study Torah. Every time you see a rabbi or a teacher who try to teach people who are far away from Judaism or from Torah or from spirituality, always respect those people. They work very hard to bring back the people. Okay? So we are now, we say, we are in a generation of wicked, full of snakes and scorpion, meaning all the people are cheater, like snake. And they are like scorpion. What is mean so scorpion? From the word la'akor. La'akor meaning uh, la'akor. To pull out. To pull out chachamim, uh, the words of wise people. And they always become uh, judges of lies. They lie. They allow to save the lie. And that's why they say in Parashat Naso, the leader of spirituality 
will be actually the biggest problem. And for that reason, and uh, we continue to Samech A, verse 65, but Moses, is, he look here, he look here, and he saw there is nobody in Israel. He saw there is nobody he can talk to. He was alone, Moses. Nobody, no student, nobody to work with before Yeshua. So he'd say that Moses saw the end of time, that in the end of time there is nobody, and any mildaber, there is nobody to talk to. Because he saw that this generation, spirituality will be controlled by very important rabbi, but they will, their roots will be Erev Rab, meaning their intention will be dirty. Don't donate the rabbis, don't donate them, they're, they're good for us. We need to overcome that too. We need to overcome it. So you see that the owner of big synagogue, you know, a synagogue that's worth, I don't know, $55 million, family, but there's no change. They just want to make sure that everything continues, you know? And there is this other rabbi who tried to bring students to Rosh Hashanah together. Something real, it's difficult, because the one who controls everything is Erev Rav. The Erev Rav is the mixed multitude. We are now in the end of time. That's why the end of time is still... Teom Rabba, she galut revi'it, we are in that, we are in galut revi'it, we are in the fourth exile. Teom Rabba. Verayamemna, only Moses, atayaradet ashama, only you knew how to go down, because Teom is the same letter, Teom min vali, is the same letter as amavet, vipuchotiot, the death. Ven mavet ala aniut. There's no death only when you become poor. What time of poor? Money? Moses was rich. So it's not money. Aniyut midat. When people don't study enough, especially the Chuchmat Kabbalah, they don't study enough Torah, they don't study enough. ani. Ani Ani, ani, ani. So people worry about, oh my God, I don't have money, so I must be spiritual. No, no, you're not spiritual. You know. No. When you find out that you are poor from Torah and you find it to become not poor from Torah, now we're talking. Everyone came for you in the Galut to help you. And who are you then? And you help yourself more than everybody because you know who you are? You are the well within this ocean. You are the master of all the fish in the, the, in this ocean of Torah, you know? You, you are, because that's why you are a Levi. Levi, Leviathan, Leviathan, Levi. Okay? Leviathan means well, and Levi means the Levi, and Levaya means escort. You are escorting the Torah. You are escorting the Shekhinah. You know? So, uh, you, you are it. I'm skipping a little bit here, uh, not to make it too long, the lecture. So, the, the whole idea here, what uh, the section of the Zohar tried to tell us in Kitetze, what is the Milchama? What is the Milchama, really? The Milchama is to help spreading the wisdom of the Torah faster, much faster than we are doing. You know, those of you listen to me, let's say three people listen to me, three. Those three people can become 30. Those 30 can become 300, 3,000, 5,000. But it's not enough to share it. You got to go and share it even with one person. Make it, don't make it large. One person. Care about them to understand this lecture. Care about them. This is gemilut chasadim. Care. Sit with them and listen to my lecture together. Don't come up with your own idea. Because that's Erev Rav. Everybody will become a teacher. I didn't want to read the section that before. I mean, if you want, you can read it by yourself. You know, because I didn't want to upset people about, about what, the, what the Zohar say about the Zohar. said better 
not to have too many teachers, it's good to have one teacher, and then bring students to that teacher. So the teacher will go up, the student go up, and then we can make a difference in the world. I want to tell everybody again, this parasha help you with everything you want to overcome. It's available, it's accessible. But you need to make sure that if you consider me your teacher, bring more students to listen to this specific lecture, bring more students to pray with me on Rosh Hashanah, at least one, that that one person sit next to you and you're guiding them. If you do Gemilut Hasadim and you're guiding somebody next to you with the Siddur, and you're not makpid, and you're not meticulously looking what's missing, what's not there, you have to consider this Rosh Hashanah will take you to a level that you never saw before. It's not a coincidence that Shana is Tavshin Pei Gimel. You know, every time you see the letter Gimel, you should celebrate. Because it's Gomel Dalim. Always Gomel Dalim. This year is to prevent chaos, not just for this year. It's for the year after. Because Dalim is Dalet, Tavshin Pei Dalet. Dalet is Dala, is poor. So the energy that you are revealing from this Rosh Hashanah till next Rosh Hashanah is good for two years. It's not good for one year. So it's not a regular year. It's good for two years. I hope this message somehow come out to the people. You know, for that is Pil'a Gedola. You know, Tiesh Naim Shanim Shel Pla'ot Gedolot. Why you need Pla'ot Gedolot or Gadlut? Why you need that, that, that will be Gadol? Because in Dalet is Dala. So we don't want the Dalet to be alone. We are giving enough light by Gadlut so the Dalet will be okay for the next year. Thank you so much for listening and hope to see you soon. Thank <laughs> you.